Welcome to Real Estate Coaching Radio, starring award-winning real estate coaches and number one international best-selling authors, Tim and Julie Harris. This is the number one daily radio show for realtors looking for a no BS, authentic, real-time coaching experience. What's really working in today's market, how to generate more leads, make more money, and have more time for what you love in your life. And now your hosts, Tim and Julie Harris. Hey, cool news for all of you guys. We are finishing up our three-part series on the DISC personality style, and we are going to tell you, well, you know what? Heck, I'm not going to make you wait for it. I'm going to tell you right now how you guys can take your own personalized DISC personality profile, and the best part of this, it doesn't cost you anything. Taking the test doesn't cost you anything, so I'm going to give you the instructions on how to do that now. I was going to hold off and make it homework for today's uh, for today's show, but instead, I'm just going to give you that information now, and then Julie and I are going to get into the weeds, and we're going to be talking about the S personality style and the C personality Correct. style, you right? So here's what you guys have to do, and this is something we've prepared. This is going to, the taking the test and getting the instant results costs you nothing. Um, and all you've got to do is text the word you as in Y O U to four, seven, three, seven, two. So text the word you as in Y O U to four, seven, three, seven, two. Now, when you do, you're going to get a text back and the text is going to say, do you want to receive texts, uh, from Tim and Julie, including the text uh, the information you've asked for you text back the word yes. And then we text you back instantly a link to take the test. Now here's the cool thing about the test. It's you. It's your computer. <laughs> it's you answering for very simple and fun questions. It does take about 10 minutes, but then it instantly gives you a personality profile. It tells you what your strengths and your weaknesses are. And then if you use the notes from these past three shows on the DIC personality style, you'll then be able to have like, you know, super spy secrets, uh, you know, it is really cool when you it learn is how amazing. to use it. Yeah. Well, it's because once you understand yourself, then you can start, um, that's the first, that's definitely the place to start with these personality profiles. And then after that, you can move to understanding other people and you can use the notes that we gave you on the first of these three on this three part series to then determine what somebody else says. And ultimately the way you use this is so when you're in a really any environment sales or personal environment or interpersonal environment, you can then um, adjust your personality profile to fit the person you're talking with. And you'll magically find you not just start making more sales, but you start becoming the person you've always wanted to be and having a lot more interpersonal uh, relationships, better, uh, you know, frankly, better communication with everyone. So again, just text the word you, Y-O-U to 47372. Make sure you do that. We're only going to be able to make this free for a certain amount of time, the test that is free. And remember, when you do send a text, guys, um, data and rate rates may apply. So go ahead and text the word you to 47372. All right. Well, the cool thing, Tim, is that that comes out really detailed and personalized. We tested it ourselves. Yeah, last night. Yes. And it's free. So there's really no reason not to pursue that. It does go to versatility. And we know because we've been coaching agents forever that the most versatile agents, and what that means is that they have the ability to, what you guys would say, listeners, hit it off with different types of personality styles but also in different types of situations. So the most versatile agents are also almost always the most profitable agents. So we're going to get back into the DISC personality profile. It's really a, a personality style. This is not a hard science. The DISC model of behavior, again, was first proposed by William Moulton Marston. We talked about that in our first and second uh, podcasts in this series. So now we're going to, we've already done D and we've done I, that's the driver and the influencer personality styles. Now we're going to get onto the S that is usually known as supportive or amiable personality style. 
They are indirect and they are extroverted. So we're going to give you some points about this. How do you know that somebody is supportive or amiable? And then we're going to talk about how you win with them and how you lose with them as a guideline to you being more successful on that supportive or amiable uh, appointment, whether that's with buyers or sellers. So let's talk about these amiable personalities. You mentioned on a previous podcast that it's roughly 68% of the population. So if you're not sure, probably you're talking to somebody that's amiable. That's always the way to start. You just assume everyone's amiable until they've proven otherwise. And again, this is always, Julie and I chuckle at this, but most of you, especially if you've been exposed to DISC in real estate events, you think, you think you're a driver, but you're going to be shocked to discover that very few of you are drivers in the original research. And again, we talked about this on day one of the DISC personality styles, but the original research proved out that it was like 8% or 10 It was virtually nobody is a true driver personality style. And yet agents are led to believe that you have to have a driver personality style yeah. to be successful in real estate or any kinds of sales. And the humorous part of that is that the driver personality style is actually one of the least, I was going to say the most dysfunctional of all personality least styles. Maybe. Well, at least versatile. And if you want uh, proof of that, it's when they've studied the personality pro profiles of people in prisons, they've almost always tested drivers. Yes. But, so, but I would say non-versatile drivers, right? Drivers that haven't worked on it. Sure. Um, so let's get back to our supportive and amiable personality style. Again, they are indirect, so they use lots of words, and they're extroverted. Well, what does that typically mean? How does that uh, translate? They typically are very family-oriented, involved in schools and community. They're the ones with the Band-Aid when you need it, right? So if we're presenting in front of a crowd of 100 agents, and I get a paper cut from my presentation, and I ask who's got the Band-Aid, We'll find out who the amiable people are because they've already got it in their purse or, you know, ready to go. So they are caregivers, generally very caring and supportive. Support roles in business typically, but not always. Beware of the versatile, amiable competition. They are secretly very effective. And I'll give you an example that they can listen to a previous podcast, and that would be John Walkinshaw in Canada, one of the most caring and kind uh, brokers and agents and very profitable, very successful and naturally amiable. I think he would agree with that. He's a very caregiving, very family oriented, takes great care of his customers and, he and just clients. Had his best year ever, right? Best year ever. What were his numbers? Do you remember off the top uh, of your head? Over, well over a million GCI. And uh, I think we ended up around 80 transactions. Very good average sale price in Orangeville, Canada. And you did interview him not too long ago, so they can catch up on that. But I use John as an example because he's one of those brokers that comes off super nice and caring and, and really professional. But man, if he has to negotiate, he will win. He will take it to the mat for his clients. He will win. And if there's conflict in the transaction, he will make sure that it stays together and that everybody ends up friends at the end. When you and I were selling real estate, mm -hmm. I mean, I have no problem admitting that these are the hardest personality styles for you and I to compete against. Oh, yeah, especially because you don't see them coming, right? Exactly. They present as like just nice family passive types, right? Really like passive. Gold, like, uh, you know, you're a friendly gold retriever. Hello, yeah. my name's Bob. Right. You know, I'm and, a big nice and, dog. And, and then, everybody's friends with them. And as soon as you get them in a listing presentation, it turns out Bob's a killer. Yeah, well, you know, I call them velvet hammers, right? So well, they, and, they can pound, but and, they're really nice. And the reason is, is because you're naturally an analytical personality mm -hmm. style, and I'm naturally a driver personality style. And as we grew older, we learned how to be more versatile, especially yes. as real estate coaches. But when we sold real estate, we were learning to be versatile. Yep. So when we'd run up against a older, usually uh, more versatile aim person, uh, agent that was dominant, 
uh, amiable, they would, that was our biggest competitor. Absolutely, it and, was. And it was hard yeah. for us to, to bond because we weren't actually bondy types. <laughs> I know. And, and you do learn the hard way from some of this. And I have to say, coaching client-wise, when we have a more experienced agent that typically wins most of their appointments and they lose, it's almost always for the same reason. It's for one sure. of these people that snuck under the radar, wasn't obvious, wasn't maybe a, a big, you know, in-your-face type of agent, and they still won. So here's how you win. And this is really important. When dealing with an amiable. When dealing with amiable customers, clients, prospects, you win, again, an S uh, personality in the DISC. So you win by listening, even if their stories are long or seemingly not relevant to you. It's important to them or they wouldn't be telling you. And I want to tell the story about our most amiable listing appointment ever, Matt and Shelley, if you remember them. In a second. No, fortunately, I don't. <laughs> you will when I tell the story. Okay, so how do you win? Asking questions and, most importantly, listening closely to their answers, maybe even writing that down. They can be very telling about what's imp most important to them. Giving them lots of time to think about things without uh, risking them losing out on something, this can be a delicate balance. So share your testimonials. Amiable personalities are the ones who are very likely to actually call or email your testimonials. Here's another thing. Eat what they offer you and compliment what they made. If they spent all day making you cookies, don't refuse, okay? Even if you have to nibble, that's okay. Lots and lots and lots of communication. You cannot over-communicate with an amiable personality style. Allow them to get to know you without getting too personal. So for example, I, as I remember at our most amiable, and I remember this because you and I are, are you know, uh, more of the D and the C. So we're not really in their camp, generally speaking. So we go to, I can't remember how we, we got there, but we were at a listing presentation, Matt and Shelley on Stafford in Worthington, which we ended up buying. But uh, they, okay, so if you recall, they had all of their cruise pictures ready. They had a meal made for us, not just cookies and water, but like a full dinner made. And they were planning absolutely on spending the entire evening with us. And I remember this was like way amiable because both of them were amiable, right? But here's the thing. We had a lovely evening with them. We asked them lots of questions. They gave us a tour of the house. They showed us pictures. You know, they fed us the whole, it was probably a three hour appointment. Can I give you a driver response to your long story? Cut to the chase. Yeah, cut to the chase. <laughs> we and took I, the listing. And, I, and I've given, and I've taken, it's taken me uh, 27 years since we went on that listing appointment to forget <laughs> to about over it. Because <laughs> you still have to run around <laughs> the that, block that, 14 times to get over it. That's my non-versatile driver response <laughs> I know. to Julie sharing this painful, amiable memory I mean, well, me. but listen, it was, it was a bit painful even for me and I'm not nearly as driver as you. I do you. remember, but I didn't remember until you started telling me. Yes, but they're very sweet sweet, nice clients. They uh, bought and sold with us two or three times. They sent us a whole bunch of referrals. Of course, all did, of their friends are amiable too. We, we did buy their house through our guaranteed yes. home sale program. Probably because it was faster. It, I yeah. don't know. And we, so, yeah, we had nice to end the though. pain so we couldn't set through them during the time of listing it. So just we just buy bought it. it. <laughs> exactly. Okay. And we so, still own it. And we still own it to this day, actually. Okay. So you win by listening. Again, the reason I tell the story of Matt and Shelley is because you know, to us, it would be easy to say, well, what do your cruise pictures have to do with getting your house sold? But to them, it was important to share and to bond. And that is where a driver or an analytical personality style loses if you seem or are impatient, if you're obviously anxious to get out of there, you will lose every time with that personality style. Um, so let's talk about more of how you lose with the amiable. Being impatient or seeming impatient. Closing too quickly or too directly. 
not honoring their handholding needs. That's even past taking the listing. That's during the transaction. Communication for Communication. is massive. Yes. Delegating them to people they don't know. They don't like that. Being too flashy. Don't like that. Being annoyed by their kids, pets, collections, and amiable stuff. Dodging their calls. They will absolutely take it personally. And because they tend to be conflict avoiding types, you won't even know about it. This is when some of you feel like, oh, I don't know why I've been ghosted. They're it's because their feelings are hurt. They're passive aggressive. Yes. But let's talk about how an uh, enable person's house won't be, generally speaking, very organized. No. Or neat. No. They That's have not important to them. Collections. They have stuff. They've got, if they have kids, they have kids stuff everywhere. There, there might be a label yeah. maker, but you're going to see it in a box <laughs> in the corner that they've never opened before. Right. Whereas we're going to get to the analytical types. They're going to have very orderly homes. Yeah. But an amiable person does not put order as their first. Uh, no, they put comfort first. They put comfort first. They coziness. put your comfort first. Coziness, mm -hmm. exactly. Comfort for their. There's going to be kids yeah. stuff if they have children. If they have, you know, pets. There's going to be a thousand pet toys everywhere. Remember, they have the band aids, right? And it's not just one kind either. They also will put the antibiotic cream on you right out of their purse. Okay, so yes, and you you really do have to honor that, or you will miss with them. And and they, you know, they're not going to tell you because they don't want the conflict. They'll just be like, yeah. I just didn't feel it. I just didn't hit it off. So there's a, a lot of danger zones with dealing but with the emails. Just to drive home on this, if you're a driver or you're expressive, frankly, but drivers mostly and analyticals, um, an amiable uh, uh, personality style is going to be the hardest for you to get along with because mm -hmm. they're your low emotion. So if you're analytical like Julie or if you're um, a driver like me, and remember, you know, Julie and I learned all this stuff decades ago when we've worked on our versatility, especially through hundreds of thousands of coaching calls. Yes. So we can uh, naturally, we'll, uh, we're a very good blend. So when Julie and I take these personality tests, we come out as a good balance we come out as um, not really easily definable in one category or the next. Because we've worked on it. Because we've consciously worked on it. But if you are in a situation where like, you're naturally an introvert like Julie, or you're naturally an introvert like me, and you're more direct like me, and Julie's going to be more facts and figures and doesn't necessarily want to talk about things that are, you know, she's going to want to look, let's look at the numbers. Let's go mm -hmm. to the CMA, right? Let's cut let's to get the facts, to it. right? Yep. Uh, so we... That's the reason that for us, amiables were the, were the toughest to compete against. But here's the superpower of amiables. If you have an amiable that recognizes their strengths and their weaknesses of the personality, and then they can uh, interject some driver characteristics of some getting some stuff done, and they're get able to be driverly and getting things done at the same time they're able to do it, Julie said it, Velvet mm -hmm. Hammer, without offending people or fe seeming too like Steve Jobby, Jobsian, right? right? Sure. Where he, has this he had this personality that was just my way or the highway and even that wasn't good enough for him. Well, that's not an amiable person. That was a driver, obviously. And I'm guessing his secondary personality, dominant personality was analytical. But long story short, if you're amiable and you do have, and you have developed good leadership qualities, you are without a doubt, one of the most powerful agents Very and, effective. and salespeople and sometimes even business leaders that you'll ever meet. Yes. Extremely effective. And I'll tell you one thing that I've learned about amiable coaching clients. They're the ones who are really bothered if they don't return somebody's phone call. Yeah. You know, they don't sit on their voicemail and their email very long because they want to take care of their clients. They don't make false promises. An amiable yeah. person is not... It, they're like, genuine. They're genuine and they're not going to... They'll, they would rather... This is, and this is, a, this is either a strength or a weakness. You, you just determine, uh, listeners. An amiable would rather lose the listing than they would 
offend somebody and where it becomes or hurt somebody's feelings and where that becomes detrimental to their ability to build a business is when they worry too much about offending the yep. agents who they're competing against. They have this problem with accepting winning sometimes. They don't they haven't moved past their resistance to the uh, to learning and accepting the fact that when it comes to listing real estate life in general by the way not everyone can be a winner there's one first place and everybody else lost and an amiable person doesn't want to offend somebody now if you make it even more complicated than the agents they're competing against are people that they know and they know that those agents yeah. are gonna have their feelings hurt if they <laughs> take the listing that's yeah. the reason a lot of amiables turn away from doing things that require competition and that's the reason a lot of amiables lean into working with buyers because in those situations it's all relationship based so if you're an amiable and you realize that I just sort of hit the nail on the head with you you can move past that you don't have to lose your soul and learn how to be a listing agent we specialize in teaching agents yeah. how to move past being reliant on buyer leads and how to learn how to be powerful listing agents that's what we do that's our primary focus of our coaching organization many of you are ready to join our coaching organization many of you are ready to move forward and you're tired of uh, essentially kicking the can down the road learning how to be a powerful listing agent here's the simplest thing for you that you can possibly do just text the word Harris to 47372 text the word Harris to 47372 and when you do we're going to text you back a link you can download the real estate treasure map which is your fill in the blank business and life plan and also you'll be entitled to a free coaching call with one of our new member coaches so text the word Harris to 47372 go ahead and do that now guys it doesn't take any time and you're going to get a link to download the complete treasure map when you simply text the word Harris to 47372. And remember guys, a message and data rates may apply because you are sending a text, but go ahead and text the word Harris to 47372. All right, where were we, yes, Julie? Uh, just up a little right here. Right here. Okay, okay so ahead. let's move on to the analytical, or sometimes the C in DISC calls it communicator, if we go back to the original, original um, text on this. But communicator, or now known more likely as the analytical personality style. Typically, but not always, engineers, teachers, analysts, musicians, architects, doctors, and lawyers. These, if you think about that list, and you know, there's there's certainly more to that list, but those that's very typical. These are detail-oriented people, detail-loving people. They don't mind the detail, they like it. They're the spreadsheeters, right? So you win by facts and data, spreadsheets and proof, a logical presentation, a detailed comparative market analysis, and showing that you pay attention to details. And I'm certainly not, you know, we use ourselves as the example because they know us from listening, right? Most of them. Um, I'm not as far off the charts as analyticals go, but I, I'm pretty solidly in that camp. But I very much uh, remember learning the lesson at, again, listing presentations, that you don't want to not have the comps that the seller does. And I remember many times, actually, sellers bringing out their spreadsheet because here's the thing when you're a seller and you're analytical even if you're maybe on the driver end a bit you are keeping track of comps well, you now, know you're going to sell in 90 days you're going to keep track of your comps nowadays it's super simple because they're all, way easier. of course they have the incredibly reliable z estimates <laughs> of course we we can't forget Hold on. that not incredibly reliable know. what are you saying i know hold on zillow <laughs> used their own z estimate cost themselves 20 billion, billion dollars yeah, that's how oh. accurate that is. Uh, oops. Oops. <laughs> well, but the truth is, is you have to obviously uh, go prepared in listing appointments and really Do when you work with buyers uh, that are also, um, you know, knowing their personality style works too. But again, let's pretend you guys have an appointment tomorrow. Great seller, great price range. 
You've actually pre-qualified them. You know their motivation. You know what they owe. You know what their time frame is. You've sent the pre-listing pack. You've gotten, you followed all of our uh, seven-step listing process. Go back and listen to the podcasts we did on that. You are totally locked in, ready to go. Yep. But you have not followed one of the steps, which was figuring out essentially based on what they do for a living and what you know about the community in which they live in, you haven't used the secret sauce of knowing personality styles to your advantage. So if you know, for example, like Julie was just talking, she was rattling off all the typical, you know, communicator, analytical personality types what those people do for a living. Like, for example, you're, the person's a doctor and you're assuming all doctors are analytical. Well, not all doctors are analytical. Most doctors, like, for example, we had a, a real estate client named Charlie Bush, and he was one of the uh, most uh, famous heart surgeons, cardiologists in all of America. And he worked at Riverside Hospital. And this guy was a big time driver. And it turns out a lot of people, he was a, not just a cardiologist, he was a heart surgeon. And a lot of heart surgeons and a lot of surgeons in general, doctors that do surgery, they're driver types. And mm -hmm. I remember like when we would, and we had a lot of other doctor clients and um, most of the doctor clients we had were amiable and then analytical. So they were more personality based getting to know you. And then they were analytical. They wanted to get to know you first and then they would, you know, basically supplement uh, needed knowledge with spreadsheets and, you know, using the numbers and whatnot. Not Dr. Bush. Dr. Bush was, I don't even want to know you. I just want you to provide the service and get the hell out of my house. Tell me when the contract's here. Exactly. And I remember one of our French bulldogs talking about doctors. <laughs> we, he had a, what was that horrible surgery he needed? Oh, Louis? he, he had uh, his, I think that was his. Euro, what was it called? Ear thing, vestibular surgery. Yeah, but it was yeah. they had to remove the inner. It was in, it was from his uh, something on the inside of his head was pressing on his brain, which you made him. Remember what the procedure dizzy. was called? Yeah, I, I, some, I will in a second. Gruesome name, yeah. yeah. As soon as you try, but it was something all unusual, awful. gruesome, yeah, and scary. Yeah, scary. And he was just he wasn't even very old. He's two. He was two, and we and we same age as Maxie now. Mm -hmm. And so we took um, Louis to the vet, and the vet gave us two options, and the vet said. We've, and Julie and I had a pretty good understanding of DISC and what he was trying to say. So he comes to us and he said, you have a choice of two surgeons. These are the only two I suggest for this procedure. Uh, one is going to get to know you. He's going to hold your hand. He's going to you know, come, invite you over to his house and roast marshmallows and sing songs with you. I mean, I, I'm exaggerating and trying to make you He's guys laugh. He's going to try and make you feel good about but it. But he was very amiable. And he said, the other guy is not going to want anything to do with you. He's going to come in and do the procedure. He's not going to want to talk to you. He's not going to want to meet with you. He's not going to want to hold your hand before or after. But he's the best I've ever seen at doing this procedure. And Julie and I didn't have to think about it. Nope. We went. We, we want the best, we and we don't. Results. We don't want. We don't care if we like the guy, and and so that is a for example. You guys have to learn that just because don't start pigeonholing people is what I'm trying to That's uh, say. That's true. And, and Dr. Levin had an understanding. Uh, he wouldn't necessarily call it. I'm going to explain to you about the personality styles of these two surging op options, but he had an understanding of that. And I think it's interesting you bring up doctors because. It's it's not enough to just know they're a doctor, right? Look look them up, find out what they do. Pediatricians tend to be a well, bit more amiable. For that's example, that's the nice thing about right. That's well, they better be right. Imagine a <laughs> imagine a driver a driver, driver pediatrician. I mean, the kid crying would drive him crazy in two totally. seconds. But uh, that's the nice thing about social too. You can do yes. a little spying on people. So that's much more going to let them know exactly what you know is important to them. And the nice thing also about social, if they don't use their page exclusively for 
your business is that you can see what they do when they're not working. And that really gives that you an insight and, and go back and listen to the two previous podcasts on DISC that we did, because then we are suggesting to you guys the real way to find out what somebody is, isn't how they present when they're in their working environment, but so what true. they do with their time when they're not working. If they're doing introverted type things when they're not working, that's going to give you a real window into them being probably a driver or an analytical type. Versus if you see pictures of them going to the, what was the, what was that concert that was in um, Puerto Rico that everyone was oh, fighting? Bad Bunny? Bad Bunny. I know. What's well, up with that? I, I know, know, but we can't say we don't know what Bad Bunny is. Otherwise, we'll seem totally out of <laughs> I touch. But oh, I guess yeah. there's a singer called Bad Bunny. Yeah. I guess he's got a clothing line I think or it's something. pretty expressive. Yeah. yeah. But anyway, so when you saw pictures of people at the Bad Bunny party on Instagram, well, you kind of got an indication. Probably that not introverts. Probably not introverts. You guys get that? Yeah, but, you know, there are so many twists to this. It's interesting. I was, we can talk about, you know, friends and clients and stuff like that. But I, you remember one of our neighbors in Puerto Rico who presents as like surfer dude. He's always out like on a golf cart with a surfboard and just looks, I, I just thought he was somebody there playing, doing his surfing thing, right? And then one of our other neighbors said, well, you do know who he is, right? And I'm like, well, tell me more. Turns out he's like this crazy scientist engineer who is like the world's expert on lithium batteries. Oh, you're talking about the guy that lives Teague, on the way of Teague, yeah. With the French bulldog. So I knew him through the Frenchies, which is kind of amiable. And I knew him just passing him out on a dog walk as he's going to the beach thinking, that's kind of cool that you get to surf all day. And it turns out, and, and so what did I do? I went to social and I thought, well, isn't that interesting that he was presenting in Bolivia to this huge crowd and to the government about how to turn them into a lithium country or something. I don't know. Well, I'll tee but, you up. but, you know, it's interesting. I'll tee you up to talk about analyticals. Yes. So you have met Ricky Martin on the beach in Puerto Rico <laughs> in our neighborhood yes. more than once. Mm -hmm. And he is not expressive. He is definitely analytical, definitely an introvert by mm -hmm. nature. Yeah. And we have never once, ever once seen him out and about other than those few times you've seen him on the With beach. With him and his kid, him and his dog, you know, something like on that. On the beach, but mm -hmm. by themselves. Absolutely, by now, themselves. Now, we've seen other people and where we live in Puerto Rico where they're, uh, you know, celebrity types. Yeah. And they have, um, obviously, they're extroverts naturally. <laughs> the party's on all the time. Exactly. Yeah. And we've heard about these things yeah. going on. We've seen them going on. Whereas you see Ricky Martin early in the morning with his son, with their dog, on the beach. To the point where I didn't even recognize him until I had passed and thought, huh, well, isn't that interesting? And I thought, oh, oh. no, 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 no. <laughs> well, my thought, keep in mind, this is like seven o'clock in the morning, no coffee. It hits me. My, that was a nice looking young man. <laughs> and I thought, I kind of look like Ricky Martin. And I looked it up and like his... Uh, his Wikipedia or whatever came up first was exactly the person I just saw. Well, there was you, no question about it. I like it. how you said young man. You realize he's our age, right? Well, of course. <laughs> <laughs> I know. But, but I think the point is, and we didn't really drill down on this, but when you, when you, not if you, when you take the test that we'll send you, it gives you some examples of the fact that how people are in business is not always how they are personally at home. And this is one of those tests a little bit of versatility, right? So I think we would all agree that on stage, Ricky Martin seems about as expressive as the day is long, but in person, he's more of an introvert. So the reason we're sharing all these silly stories with you guys is so you understand that's versatility. That's trained versatility. That's learned versatility. You can do it too without yes. having to shake your, what is it? Shake your <laughs> lumbata or something? something. I don't, I don't know. know. Anyway. Yeah. But the go. point is to understand this stuff and to apply it. Okay. So uh, we talked about how you win with an analytical, right? So have detailed CMAs and things of that nature. How do you lose? Being sloppy in your presentation, especially your CMA, 
making light of their need for facts and stats. Well, how do you do that? You, you do things, maybe you promise to get more facts about their price, and then you get irritated that they asked and you never follow through. Analyticals don't like Frankly, that. Frankly, being caught with your pants down and them knowing more than you. That's yeah, the that's greatest bad, way. bad, bad. And not all analyticals are going to want to shish kebab you, but you, they, and they're not, see, an analytical also is going to be indirect. So if you uh, piss an, in, an analytical off, they're just going to ghost you. You're going to be, they'll be like note to self. Didn't have any real comps. Exactly. And they won't tell you why they didn't hire you. You just won't get the listing. Whereas an amiable won't tell you. And then they might wait for you in a dark alley and shiv you, you know, I'm, I'm <laughs> getting, I'm trying to make you guys laugh, but th these are the things you have to understand. You're not going to know why you lost with an analytical or an amiable. A lot of the times you're going to have to go in over prepared so you don't lose and don't have to worry about why you lost. Well, it's, it is better to go in over prepared and then back off if, if you went too far on that. And maybe they're not all that analytical, but why aren't you glad that you have those comps just in case? How else do you lose is by being overly emotional or expressive, just kind of makes them uncomfortable. Uh, trying to close emotionally versus factually or logically. Now, I'll tell you another one that I should have had on this list is being late. They oh, hate yeah. that. And, and I rem you remember listing presentations where we showed up and they had actually kept track of agent name and when they showed up five we, minutes late. Totally. Well, we I remember when you and I like first that. started selling real estate and we got our acts together really quick. We listed and sold over 100 houses our first year. And one of the ways we did it was quite simply, we put together a pre-listing pack. And yes. our pre-listing pack, I don't even remember it in our first year, wasn't good. I'm sure it wasn't. How no. would it have been? Right. Um, but, and because what we did is you and I spent, there was this before uh, the internet, good mm -hmm. Lord, are we old? <laughs> okay. And so we traveled around yeah. the country and we visited with top producing agents and we paid them typically $2,500 to spend the day with them. And we would grab all their collateral. We'd grab what they had pre-listing packs or listing presentations. And we began to put ours together. Not, you know, probably 10% of what we gathered was really useful. There, a lot of it was too ego-y about me type stuff. But when Julie and I found something that was really worth it, then we would include it. And the evolution of that is now the current pre-listing pack we sell to our coaching clients. It's included with our premier coaching program. But one of the things we quickly learned were, is that when you're learning this personality stuff, the drivers and the analyticals are low emotion. So if you're high emotion, naturally, if you're an amiable and you're an expressive and you're not winning business from uh, sellers that are uh, analytical or drivers, it's because you're showing too much emotional. But this is one of the things we learned and this was a very important lesson for Julie and I. Show emotion without being emotional. Now that tells you that as a driver or an analytical who's naturally low emotion, that you do have to show emotion when you're working with someone who's amiable or who is expressive. Otherwise, they won't you like you. You have to warm yourself up right? a bit. You don't want, stop trying to make the world a revolve around you. It never will. And you're going to continue to lose if you think and act like that. You have to make, you have to basically adapt and be more versatile for other people. And when you do it, I know it sounds like it's fake at first and it is fake at first because you're learning something. Sure. But then after that and you start your, you get constant reinforcement, the better at it you get. And then the better at it you get, the more you want to do it more because you're getting more reinforcement. Positive reinforcement is surrounding you. As you're making more friends and earning more money, you're realizing, holy tamale. And I remember, and I told you guys when Julie and I started this three-part series, uh, this stuff, when we learned it, and I, I mean, when we were exposed to it, I should say, it was some of the most influential stuff in our formal years of uh, learning how to sell real estate and build a real estate business because of the fact that we, it gave us a roadmap to move away from our dogmatic approach based on our preordained behavioral styles. 
Um, and then we were able to go back and start realizing, well, that, you know, this is when we were in our early 20s. We went back and started thinking about, well, this is the reason that, you know, maybe we didn't get along with this person or this teacher or this situation. And it really was transformative in how we approach life. Yes, I agree. And I think that the more appointment, I know that the more appointments you go on and the more exposure you have to all of the different personality styles, because it is, you know, I gave the story of Matt and Shelley. It's pretty unusual for them to both be amiable. Usually you're going to have one person be this and another person be that. Sometimes opposites attract. And so you've got to get that versatility anyway. Even if your next appointment tomorrow, you're in front of a couple and one of them is your personality style, you I, still don't win because you've got to hit it off with the other one too. So that opposites attract stuff is something that people say, and it's sort of true. It's not really true. It's not diagonally it's, true on the chart. It's, exactly. It's just both will be introverts or both will be extroverts or both will be direct or indirect, either the top half of the page or one side of the page. It's really unusual, for example, if you look at, from our first podcast on this, the DISC chart, Ds and Ss usually are not a couple, and Is and Cs are usually not a couple. It's usually Ds and Is, Ss and Cs, or some combination of that. They, ha- they at least have something in common. Not only not a couple, but you often don't see people with not friends. Not friends. Right. Yeah, or, and that's but, something you can tell from social, too, is like if everybody seems exactly like them and the only pictures they have are at parties, well, you're probably dealing with an expressive person. I'm thinking one of our coaches, Rochelle, right? Yes. All of her friends. Well, she had at, to become versatile, too. We can tell stories like, about her. They all look like clones of her, basically, all of her friends on Instagram. <laughs> I know. Well, guys, hopefully all this, it, this is fun. That's really the whole point of this. It's, it's, it's not a hard science. It's not a hard science. Use it in good health, right? Use it to learn about yourself first and learn others. And remember guys, we have uh, prepared for you a absolutely no hassle, uh, no expense to you personality style test. You can take the test now, sit down. It's going to take maybe 10 or 15 minutes, depending how laboriously you go through the questions. And yes, it's questions based and take the personality test and learn about yourself. It doesn't cost you anything to take the test. Just text the word you, Y-O-U, to 47372. Text the word you to 47372. Remember, message and data rates apply when you're sending a text. But go ahead and text the word you to 47372. Taking the test doesn't cost you anything. Once you've taken the test, you'll get the results instantly. If there's a little monitor on top that tells you how fast you're progressing. But have some fun with it. And then have your partner, have your wife, have your husband, have your kids, have your workmates, have your team members. Have everyone you know take the same test. You can send them the same link. Have them text you to 47372. And then they can take the same test. You can compare results. And then go back and listen to these past three podcasts. And then you can put the pieces together. And remember, the ultimate goal is for you to become a chameleon. Not a chameleon in in the sense that you're not going to be a sincere person, but you are becoming more of a sincere person, more of the best version of yourself because you are proactively trying to adjust your personality style so you can help more people. And that is full circle on the whole point of learning all of this. Not only is it uh, filling a lot of the gaps for you personally and interpersonally, but it's also going to help you be in the position to help more people at the highest level, which is going to give you a richer, in a literal sense, fuller life, with a lot more companionship, a lot more, you know, I, I just think back to when Julie and I are in our early 20s, and we, we're, you know, we're natural introverts. Mm-hmm. We are able to still sell a lot of houses through brute strength and will mostly. Energy and enthusiasm. Energy and enthusiasm. But as we, as we expanded our business, as we sold more houses, as we ventured in the coaching business, this DISC stuff 
became an unspoken language. It almost become a subconscious way for you, Julie and I to communicate mm -hmm. that when we were preparing ourselves for some meeting or a listing appointment to keep it very practical or whatever. Like if Julie's telling me about a coaching client, she is going to tell me what their personality style yes. is. And that's going to, that's going to essentially save like 10 hours worth of describing the person mm -hmm. just by Julie saying the person's analytical. I got it. Yeah. All the coaches talk about this all the time when, when we're, you know, helping people. And often it'll be something like, you know, this person's going to come off really drivery, but in fact, they're, they're just a direct kind of expressive type and they're really fun. It's just that when they're in business, they tend to be more direct. And, and so this is a way of communicating. It's not that you are, and that I caution people, don't over classify and take this to some kind of a crazy level that, you know, oh, you're, you're too nice because you're amiable and you're not going to be able to close anybody. We're not talking about that. We're talking about developing your versatility so that you can work with a lot of different people. That's what the golden stuff is. It's, it's not trying to, this is not a diagnosis. It's just a profile. The, and when this, when, I, I, let's not go negative, but when this stuff is sold to you guys as being their specific personalities that you need in order to personality uh, styles and profiles you should have in order to be successful, that's just complete it's bullshit. Crap. It's crap. Because the, you can be successful no matter what your personality style is. And I'll go as far as to say, as is traditionally taught in real estate educational events, a driver and an expressive is what all agents are taught that they should That's strive the to be. That's a sales personality. That's a sales personality, right? Well, I'm 100% here to tell you that the most powerful personality styles when it comes to long-term success and long-term increasing levels of success is almost always an amiable or an analytical now, if you can get a driver or an expressive to learn to be more versatile, then you're going to have something that's really amazing. But it's just the complete opposite of what these, I think, short-studied people yeah. are, are teaching, and they're just passing along. Most of what you guys hear is the same bad information that's been passed along since the 90s, and they're just regurgitating what they heard. I was, you know, I was, yeah. watching, a, um, I was watching a video on YouTube. Uh, uh, okay, I got an email from some, a gal that wants to be on our podcast. And she describes herself as being top 1% of agents and 1% of real estate coaches. Well, I'd never heard of her before, so mm -hmm. I knew she had to be sort of fibbing with regards to the real estate coaches especially. So I read the rest of her thing and I did some homework on her and then mm -hmm. I listened to a little short interview mm -hmm. because we get we get probably two and three a requests lot of that a day yes. for people to be guests on our podcast. Mm -hmm. And I take them all seriously. Sure. And I can't delegate it. because Well, I'm so all... let's pause here for a second. Well, because you are a versatile driver, you don't just summarily blow them off. You do your research. Yeah, because I want to make sure that we're exposing you guys to people that are frankly full of shit. Yeah. And so I started listening to her talk and I mm -hmm. discovered that she was indeed, as we are fond of saying in Texas, tall hat, no cattle. Mm -hmm. And she was blathering on about how she's used YouTube videos and YouTube videos and videos for this and videos for that. And all she was doing was saying the same crap that people have been saying before there were YouTube videos, before there was the internet, mm -hmm. back in the 90s yeah. about postcards and about branding. It's right. the same stuff. Oh, your goal is to get people to know you. Once they know you, they're going to want to do business with you. Not true. Once you yeah. basically occupy this, you know, this revered space in their mind that they've uh, carved out specifically for their realtor, then you've, you've earned some sort of, you know, right mm -hmm. to be their agent forever. And they're only going to think of you. Not true. All these marketing and branding lies that are now just being perpetuated uh, forever. And, and the other thing I was taking away from listening to her is she's obviously not been trained 
on being versatile with personality styles. Right. Because everything was about her. Every other sentence started with I, this, I, this, I, this, the other yeah. thing. These are all the types of things as you, as you mature. Well, I shouldn't say that. It does. It rarely happens as you mature. Most people, they get stuck in a particular behavioral pattern and style and way of thinking, and they never move away from it. They lack versatility, but they also lack creativity. They lack um, curiosity mm -hmm. to, to challenge their beliefs. And, and, you know, that's... I, I, well, they I, don't know what they don't know is the issue. And they don't look for what they don't know. And they know. don't look for it. And I think with all of the different online media, it's harder for them to know what they don't know because they can get sucked into that vortex of thinking, well, I must not be getting more listings because I don't have this award or I can't brag about that or I don't have a YouTube video talking all about myself. When in fact... It has a whole lot more to do with your skill, your your ability to proactively lead generate in the first place, and then to do the seven-step listing process. It always goes back to those three things, right? Yeah. Proactive lead generation, pre-qualifying, and presenting, right? Yeah. You learn those things at the highest level. You obviously know this DISE stuff. You use our systems. You use our pre-qualification scripts. You use our pre-listing pack. You use, use our listing presentation. Just good. If you want to know what your rest of your real estate career business plan is, what you need to master, it's just those three things. I did not say video. I did not say social because here's what's happening. And we've told you guys this, and I'm going to get on my soapbox because it's important. Julie and I have been reading a lot and studying a lot about web 3.0 because it has that taint of stink about it that feels fake. It does. And so, and it's, so does cryptocurrency. Oh my God, we're going to get the hate for crypto people now, but <laughs> hear me out. A lot of our best friends are crypto people. And I, we do listen to a lot of stuff and do our own research and try and educate ourselves on all of this. And we have. And that that, that technology is still in the malarkey phase. Mm -hmm. It really is. It's in, not even in the early adapter phase. It's in the malarkey phase of people trying to decide what it is. But I see this the cycle of a lot of these real estate ideas and mm -hmm. these things that are taught to agents. They've just get regurgitated and this uh, web 3.0 that's starting to float around mm -hmm. and the whole idea that somehow everything's going to be in the meta metaverse, metaverse yep. there is some iteration of that that's going to play out to sure. be true, mm -hmm. but it hasn't manifested itself yet. Mm -hmm. And th what I find fascinating about all that is it, it's, it's a bell ringing in my head and it's saying, pay attention. This is going to be a big change that's going to happen yeah. in the way business and life is conducted, right? Study this, watch this, learn about it, watch it evolve. And don't be an idiot about it, you know. But this is going back to don't build your mansion on land you don't For own. Sure. Julie and I have friends. We have two groups of friends in Puerto Rico, several that are YouTube. Uh, they make their livings off YouTubes, and some of them have just massive audiences. Not on as realtors. Not as realtors. No. One of them um, is, uh, uh, what is it? Ninja Kids. And the other, if you guys have kids, you unfortunately know what that is. Um, <laughs> yeah. And then there's another one called J House. And there's some others too. Because where we live, basically, we're wall-to-wall -wall entrepreneurs. And a lot of the YouTube type people are there. Paul Logan and his brother live there. All these other people. So one of the things that if you get to know these guys, they'll tell you is they're living in constant fear of these algorithms or the way that these websites are being run changing. And they're always looking for other ways to subsidize their YouTube income. Let's call it that, right? And it, that's what happens. That's what happens with all this online stuff. That's what happens with all the social networking stuff. And that's what's about to happen. And that's the point about Web 3.0. There are some things that are going to happen very shortly that are going to make um, social networking and the way that we've gotten used to it look like a billion old year old technology.
Mm-hmm. No one's going to be going to it. No one's going to be using it. How many of you have AOL email addresses? I know some of you do, right? You've got mail, right? Yes. Some of you still use that technology, but it's that it's even Gmail is now obsolete compared to some of the things that are coming around the bend. And this is the reason it always goes back in my mind when I'm talking to agents, when I'm like trying to think, what can Julie and I say to you guys that's going to help you to be motivated, help you to be educated, help you to get into action? It's all these little temporary, uh, little whiz-bang ideas that we have to compete with in your, for your mind space and, and uh, convince you to see it for what it is versus doing the real work of real estate, which is what we uh, frankly plead for all of you guys to do. And you're now going to be inundated constantly with all these easy whiz-bang ideas like this real estate coach gal when she was saying she was a coach you know i am going to teach you how to create all these youtube videos and the world's going to beat a path to your door intuitively guys does that make sense statistically does that make sense it does not we know that is not how sellers specifically go about choosing who they're going to use as their real estate professional right they always start out with who do i know who can I, if they don't know anyone, then they go to who is a trusted friend or advisor Always. that I can ask for a referral. And then they only will respond to any sort of marketing message. And the percent of people that respond to a marketing message is something like six or 8% because everyone else knows who they're going to use from the two uh, first two filters that they run that, uh, that decision-making uh, process through. That's how people have made decisions forever and always will make decisions. And yet all these people are trying to sell you these gimmicky ideas that are trying to do the marketing and the buying trying of the to business. circumvent that right. fact that people first ask themselves, who do I already know? And if I don't already know, I'm going to ask a trusted friend or advisor. I was kind of going through my, and you guys know this because think about your own lives, right? Here we are at our, our cabin in North Carolina where we absolutely really didn't know anybody except for the developer that lives next to us. Every single person from the guy that brings firewood to the guy that cuts the lawn to the person that's going to stain the deck, we didn't know, which is unusual. If we were, you know, in Puerto Rico, I know people. But referral, here, referral, referral. What did I do? I went to Kevin next door. He knows everybody. He said, don't use this guy, use this guy. He'll say, use this company because they're the best. And there are local papers around here, and we didn't even look. No. There, there are billboards, especially when you get into Murphy. You get crap everywhere. in the mail as a, you know, new owner, just like everybody does. Right. But and we, we didn't respond to that. And we didn't respond to any of it. We just went to refer. You guys do the same thing. Nobody, you might go to the internet first to do research, to understand more about something. I mean, that's normal behavior now, but you're going to ask yourself when making a decision, who do I know that I trust that I've used before? And if you don't know someone, then you're going to ask for a referral from a trusted friend or advisor. So use your brains and realize that if you want to have long-term ever-increasing levels of success, invest your time and your energy in becoming the person that people will want to use again as a past client uh, of yours or will become somebody they feel comfortable referring to and also being a proactive lead generator. That's the reason when you join our coaching program, we always teach you guys to work your centers of influence and past clients first, and then to teach you how to be a proactive lead generator. And if you're still not making enough money, if you're still not busy enough, then we'll suggest maybe you look into some of the buying lead sources. But very rarely will any of you even consider that because you're going to be so successful from doing it the right, most profitable way. And you'll like actually having profit at the end of that transaction. Exactly. And that's the reason Julie and I keep our training uh, very practical and tactical. Uh, And that's the reason we really drill down on this personality stuff. So you guys can, okay, I've learned something today. I feel a little bit smarter. I feel a little bit more confident. I'm going to go out and apply the information. 
Or you're going to listen to all this information. You're going to say, you know what? I'm going to wait for the next telemarketer to call me and try to sell me buyer leads, which are you? Because I got news for you. If you want to be in this business in a year, let alone 20 years, you better really learn to, uh, you know, essentially master the art and science of having le learning how to be the best version of yourself as a real estate salesperson. Well, you know what the cool thing about that is when you master that art and science in business, it does translate whether you want it to or not, whether you're conscious of it or not to everything else in life. You're going to feel the effects of having worked on your business self in the rest of your life. Totally. And again, you'll have, uh, you'll be a lot happier. Yeah, you'll be a lot less sure. stressed. You'll walk away from conversations, not worrying about if you offended anybody or not worrying if you said the right thing, cause you'll know that you did. And, you know, it's going to be life itself opens itself up and mm -hmm. you'll want to travel more if you allow for it. To. And you want to have more different experiences mm -hmm. and your world doesn't get smaller. The older you get, as most people's world does get smaller, the older they get. But as you learn to be more versatile, it gets bigger and bigger and bigger because you realize what an amazing gift life is. And the amazing gift, frankly, being a real estate agent is. And the amazing gift that a real estate agent is, especially listing agents are. Yes, that is a gift. <laughs> so in sure. the meantime, take the personality step. Uh, personality test. It's free. Uh, it will not take very much of your time. And I think it could significantly move the needle in your business and personal life. Text the word you Y O U to four, seven, three, seven, two, go ahead and text the word you Y O U to four, seven, three, seven, two. And when you do, we're going to send you back a, a link and you can uh, click it and then you can be off to the races and take your own, uh, D I S D style personality test. You guys have a great day. We'll talk to you on the show tomorrow. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.